Okay, sup dudes, this is two bros chilling in a hot tub, five feet apart, because they're not gay. And today we're here to talk to you about Dungeons and Dragons, the tabletop RPG that I don't need to explain to you, because if you've clicked on the podcast, you already know what it is. So, Zach, what do you have to say about D&D? Well, I'm starting a campaign soon with a couple friends, very short-term campaign. Not a one-shot. Is this the one that I'm a part of? Yes. Right. If you ever show up. The A. Hey. That's hey. rude. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> but, um, so what's the campaign going to be about without any well, spoilers? Like, like, the world. Well, I can't spoil anything because I don't even know yet. But it's going to be set in the world of Eberron, which is the newest uh, supplement from Wizards of the Coast who makes D&D. It's a new, it's a supplement, whereas it's it's not really a campaign but the book is the entirety of it's the setting. Like it tells, it goes in depth about every little detail in Eberron, and it's a more magically inclined world. Whereas they use magic infused technology. There's technology everywhere. They got airships. They got trains. Okay, so on the cover, there's this this robot. Yes, that is the new race called the Warforged. They were a bunch of rocks that people kind of put together in human shapes. They sculpted them into hum- human shape kind of things, and they uh, infused them with magic and created... They're basically robots, and uh, they were used in the last war. Well, the last war's over by the time that any setting that you play in Eberron yeah, happens. Aren't they a playable race, though? Yes, they're a playable race. Oh. And um, they were in the war, but that war's over because it's the last war. Which no, it really wasn't. If you read campaign, if you read the book, but <laughs> that's that's a whole other topic. Um, they have no purpose anymore because the war is not raging. So they kind of grew sentience. They like, they, they grew sentience. They grew like, sentience. Well, okay, like no. If, if the sentience no. is magical, then that would make sense. Yes. Okay. It's magical. Their AI yeah. is magical because you don't have technology. You can't put a computer chip inside of a rock, and that rock is, has a personality. Well, you can try. You can try, but where are you going to find a computer chip in D&D? And uh, there's also two other new races that they the book adds called the Changelings and the Shifters. Changelings are basically shapeshifters. They, there's a whole lot in depth you could go to, into about them. I don't know much about them, though. And then there's the Shifters, the new race that I know the least about. <laughs> basically, they're just like half human, half animals, kind of like druids that are in between turning into a dog and a human, you know? Okay. There's like a fourth race that I know literally nothing about because I haven't gotten that far in the book yet. Okay. Um, you showed me the map and then you pointed to this section and compared it to Jurassic Park. That means dinosaurs. Okay. What do well, you mean? I say Jurassic Park. It's more like Site B on Isla Sorna where all the dinosaurs are just left to do whatever they want. For it's... those of you that have not seen the sequels to Jurassic Park because they're not as good as the original fight me um why never mind uh the second one was good that's debatable okay we're not talking about the ending and anyway, we're talking about Dungeons anyway, and Dragons uh first was on the main island second was on Isla Sorna which is a secondary complex where they just roam free right mm-hmm. well 
they it was like Jurassic Park at first where they were contained, but it lasted less time than he's the one on the first movie did. Okay, so and then whenever you compare this part of the map to that, what do you mean? Are there is they are it they actual a, dinosaurs yes. or are they just animals that no, look like dinosaurs? They're dinosaurs. Okay. There are dinosaurs. There are stats for dinosaurs in D and D, like Allosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, all that shit. It's huh. uh, legit just a plane full of dinosaurs. They roam I free. I thought it was a plateau. A plane can move on top of a plateau. Well, yeah, but it would make sense because, like, in this universe, wouldn't the dinosaurs kind of get everywhere and not be limited to this one area? Yes, and I actually thought about that. That's why, uh, if it didn't go in depth of why they stayed there, I was going to. I was going to, like, roll in some containment procedures or something. like. Well, I'm just saying, if, if, if it's a plateau like uh, like it is in Up, the Disney movie... Yeah, then they, there's no way they can go, because if yeah. they try to leave it, they would fall. Exactly. But see, so that then would you make get sense. Into the, um, then you would get into the whole plateaus are usually flat on top, and a lot of these dinosaurs are going to need, like, different, like, habitats, like a forest, a mountainy forest with caves for the dinosaurs to live in. So I don't think I would use it as a plateau, mostly because I, the ecosystem wouldn't be supported by a plateau. So we're going to have some sort of magical containment field. Magical containment field. Maybe it's like a crater that with the super steep walls and like An technology. ancient 12th, 12th level spell. Yeah, something. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. But uh, yeah, it's basically just dinosaurs roam free. And... Um, I think there's new classes, aren't there? Like there's artificer? one new class. The that, that's the only one. Okay. Yeah. They can um, they can make magical items. Like whereas you're supposed to usually find magical items, starting at certain levels, they can make certain magical items, and they can also uh, infuse like say a barbarian's axe with thunderbolt. That barbarian can cast thunderbolt when he's holding the axe now. So like spell sword from Skyrim. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. That's really cool. But um, wouldn't it be kind of OP to play a robot that could make magical weapons? How do they balance that? Uh, I haven't looked in depth into it. I think you can only imbue one, and whenever you imbue another one, the last one unimbues. That makes sense. So, like, if you have an axe with thunderbolt on, you have a sword. You want to put fireball on the sword. You put fireball on the sword. The thun- the axe is just a normal axe now. That is a good way to balance it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does it have like limited uses, or is it just I fireball? Fireball, fireball, fireball. fireball. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh. It could it if you play your cards right, it could get fairly overpowered. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you play your cards in normal D and D, right, you could get overpowered. If you play your cards in D&D, you get overpowered. Yeah. Uh, what was that overpowered, super overpowered one that is literally created to make DMs angry? Uh, a halfling? Huh? Halfling? No. The, halfling. the super lucky halfling. Oh, yes. The super lucky halfling. Halfling, lucky feet, rogue? Yes. With, uh... Yeah, because that means that they have... Uh, Lucky means they can re-roll any one, right? Yes. And then halflings automatically have a lucky trait, which means that I think if the DM rolls a natural 20, then they can tell them to re-roll. Or isn't it along the lines of uh, 
I don't know. I don't play Halfling, so I don't know. Wasn't it like you roll a nat 20 and then they were like, no, 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 you roll a 13. Or you roll a nat 1 or something. Yeah, okay. I think it's something along those lines. So, uh, that same dude. Uh, okay, so we're talking about um, Bookstan. Bookstan. Not with no D at the end. Bookstan. S-T-A-N apostrophe. Inspired by the Stanley. Uh, and Bookstan is where we met this dude who was really into Dungeons and Dragons and where I am going to spend all of my money on my crippling dice addiction. All of your money? I already thought you already spent it all. It's pretty much all gone. Um, he went to buy $10 dice and left with $75 dice. Don't say that. Yes, I will. <laughs> $70, dollars $75 of dice, not $75 dice. This is a difference. $60 dice with another $10 You don't dice need to specify tax. that. Anyway, it's, it's a cool place where they have tons and tons of comic books. It's like... um. A firework warehouse, but with comic books, tabletops, and all your nerdy inhibition stuff. You think he's joking, but it's actually the size of your average firework warehouse. And on one wall, there's almost nothing but miniatures for a variety of uh, tabletop games. There's D&D, there's the Call of Cthulhu. There's Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, War. Uh, not, not Warframe, that's a video game. Yep. Uh, Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 40k, uh, Total War. Total War is fun. I have not played any Warhammer. We should do that. I have Total War 2. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a good place. We met this this guy there that uh, we were creating a character for Nick because he's still dumb and doesn't know how to create a character. I'm bad, I know. I learned in like five minutes and we're talking about me. Anyway, um... I was helping to make a character, and we were talking about how we could make an overpowered character because he's playing a campaign for one of his friends that arguably we like to annoy. No, 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 no. He likes to annoy us. He kills at least one player mm, once every two sessions. It, it's a very common occurrence. That's why we like to annoy him, too. Because it's it's like, you are level two. There Over there is a town with a dragon. But then whenever the group decides not to go to the town with the dragon, he's like, he, he kind of metagames and he's like, but all those people, like, that, that's where you're supposed to go. Th- this, is, this is the game. If he wants you to go there, he should not put a dragon there. So, you make an overpowered character. <laughs> Excuse me. Which is why we uh, came up with, not came up with, he let us know about the overpowered halfling, which... Rerolls any nat one and tells the DM to reroll any nat twenty. Um, uh, certain certain monks um, can just basically not get hit. I think that was the drunken master monk. Yeah, uh, they can use basically anything as a weapon. So like, grab your local, go, go to your local tavern, grab a, grab a mug, and you can actually use it as a weapon. We tend to completely different places with that. What were you saying? I said grab a hobo. Grab oh oh wow. Okay. <laughs> and and do what with this hobo? Smack somebody over the head with them. You could you doubt that that would happen, but it actually does more than you would think. That, I mean, you could do that, but I'm I pretty did sure it, and your I was weapon a druid. would be wriggling the entire time. I did it. 
I actually, I actually won that fight. <laughs> and whose campaign was this? Recio's. Of course. Recio's more fun. Recio has a lot of fun with his campaigns. Um, yeah, Recio, he doesn't hold us back a lot. He still keeps us confined by the rules, but if we want to do something fun, he's okay with it. Like, I was... My character was half shark, and he legit let me eat an entire cow. Just just out of nowhere. Just, we were, just because. Just because. There was a cow. We went to a re- uh we went to a restaurant. The paladin was buying me dinner because he just met me and he'd never seen a tiefling before. So he wanted to get to know me. So he ordered him a steak and he thought I wanted a steak. But I cut him off before he ordered me the steak and I ordered an entire cow. Well, instead of the DM saying, well, you can't do that, he, um, here's how it went. The waitress was uh, confused and she was like, okay. They left and uh, they come back with the paladin steak and they said, You're, they looked at me and they were like, your food will be ready in about 10 more minutes. And you see four barbarians come out of the back carrying an entire cow tied up, still alive, and they put it down on the table in front of me. And how much did you have to pay for this cow? I don't know. Riley paid for it and I wasn't paying attention. Fair. Oh, so Riley was the paladin. That makes yes. sense. Yeah. He's he, always the paladin. He only he's, plays paladin. He only plays human paladin. <laughs> I mean, it is another kind of overpowderish. Uh, yes, but, you know, you shouldn't do it for 14 different games. Yeah, I feel like you should kind of explore the different variety. I only played Tiefling Druid twice. <laughs> I also only played D&D twice, but that's not important. So do you want to ask me anything about the campaign I'm running? Okay, well, are we going to be allowed to be murder hobos? Well, that's D&D in general, is murder hobos. Actually, no. So the term murder hobos is for first-level characters before they actually level up because they have nothing that makes them... The druid and the barbarian are completely indistinguishable from each other because they're level one. They don't have anything that makes them special. Y'all aren't going to be murder hobos because I'm going to have y'all start out at level three. Cool. Yes. Cool. So y'all are going to have... Get the basic abilities down yeah, where the classes the basic actually stuff. matter. So okay. you're distinguishable. The druid is obviously a druid. They can turn into animals. They can do druidy things. I don't know barbarians. They can press rage. They can press rage and die a million times and come back. To <laughs> um, but yeah, it's y'all aren't going to be murder hobos. Y'all are going to start at level three or five, depending on how I'm feeling that day. If I'm very mad at you, I might have one person start at level five and then have one person start at level three just to spite them. Wow. I might have Nick just start at level one just because I don't like him. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. But, um, so, can you give any, like, light details about what kind of mass quest are we going to do? Or are you just going to freestyle? Or are we going to go from town to town and solve their problems? I haven't entirely thought it out yet, because I haven't gone to the campaign. Because I'm still reading up on the setting. I was waiting till I got a little bit more into the setting. But kind of what I'm kind of leaning towards is, you know, the, um... You know Game of Thrones, how they have the different houses? Yes. Well, there's sort of a similar mechanic in Eberron, and I was thinking... That's why I wanted to have the whole group together to make their characters, because I was thinking of having them either work for a house, either as some kind of, like, spy in the thing, or, like, adventurers hired by the house, or, like, they're a part of the house, and they're, like, soldiers going off on a... that the uh, Lord had sent them on a mission or something. 
but I don't know exactly what I want to do yet. Speaking of Game of Thrones, have you read the books? No. Darn. Because I was going to say that I want my character to be like Euron, but Euron in the show is kind of... You're not going to be a boat man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Euron's a bit more than a boat man. I know. What, I, I know how Game of Thrones books work, so I just never read them. But no. yeah, um... But yeah, I don't know I, entirely how it's I, I've out. designed a ton of campaigns that no one will ever play through because I don't DM. Um, but what I would kind of recommend yeah, is um, don't start us off on the main quest. Like I wasn't gonna do that anyway. Like no, no. How does it go from like town to town? Like this town is plagued by uh, frequent hyena attacks or something, and this town is plagued by a plague. And you have to figure out uh, which warlock is causing it. Just these little local problems. That's what I was going to start and out then, with. And of. then you realize, well, there shouldn't be this many local problems. There must be something bigger. And then you gather more clues as you solve more smaller problems. And then, bam, there's there this big guy. There was also the secondary idea that's completely different from what the, uh, the first idea I was talking about. Where, you know that Jurassic quote-unquote park area that I was telling you about earlier, mm -hmm. I was also thinking about dropping the characters in the middle of it, sort of like the uh, 2010 Predators movie. Did you watch that? No. Okay, Wait. well... Yes. Oh, yeah, you watched it, so you know how it works. Several characters are dropped into the middle of a forest. They have no idea what's going yeah. on. I was thinking of doing something similar to that, maybe, perhaps, but I'm, I'm still brainstorming hmm. the idea. Well, we will do a follow-up episode to this after our first playthrough. Not playthrough. First meeting. No, there's, there's, no, there's not a meeting. There's, uh, there's a word for it. Meeting. First session. Yeah. Yeah. That was really loud. Yeah, it was. All right. We'll get back to you next week. This is Nick. I'm Zach. And we are the two bros... Chill in a hot tub, five feet apart, because we're not gay. <laughs>